Bueller, 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 Bueller. Wake up! Good morning! Terry Wilson, he's going to throw. Conrad! Touchdown, Kentucky! Touchdown, Kentucky! Victory, Kentucky! Like, give your fans what they want, you dinguses. She probably smokes marijuana. Bad, bad girl. They Rubbish! There's buggers over here. Back outside. This is the point where he always hits it. Oh! Aaron Harrison beyond belief. We did it. We beat those British We bastards. beat the British. Suck it, Cornwallis. Ten kids. You're basically pregnant for 20 years. Pregnant or breastfeeding. Just wild. Like, that sounds exhausting. Potheads. What an adorable... What an adorable bunch of people. Woodson from the gun. Play fake. Step it up. He's throwing deep down the near sideline. He's got Johnson. 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Kentucky. Jesus, Rash, get it together. Yeah, it's game day. Come on. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Everybody, happy Tuesday to you, August 15th, 2023. You're listening to Kentucky Roll Call here on BX Sports Radio. 96.1 FM, FM side of things, 1450 AM, the AM side of things, and then streaming, plenty of places. If you ever have any questions on how to listen to Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio, don't hesitate to reach out. We'll get you all figured out, no problem whatsoever. Nick Roush, how are you doing on this Tuesday morning, August the 15th? I'm doing well. Uh, found the icy hot before uh, before we start this show. So that's good. It's good. I'm loosening up, getting ready to rock and roll, get a big day, uh, a lot of stuff going on. So uh, yeah, I- I excited to turn up on Tuesday, last day before uh, Duke starts school, and uh, he's getting excited. There was... Uh, there was a moment over the weekend where I thought we were going backwards, and he was—he didn't want to go to school. Lots of tears. Um, there were tantrums, but then uh, he got to go to school and just play with monster trucks during their open house. So now he's excited for school. So we're 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 in the final day of prep. We're really excited over here at the Roush House. Getting a back to school haircut after the show today. Wow, that's very exciting. I need I need to get some of my hairs cut. Uh, Getting, getting a little getting a little long on the back. I don't need to go back to school, though. I'm happy about that. Does it ever cross your mind that, like, hey, buddy, you're going to school and you're not going to be out for probably a, close to 20 years? Like, this is what you're doing now. Yeah, I guess that, wow, I hadn't thought of it that way. Like, you're starting a journey that you're, you're going to be doing the school thing for decades. Yeah, the uh, school though not not that bad. I mean, you, it, there's always like, um, especially when you first come back because, I mean, TJ, you and I both know summer not the greatest season of the year. So like having the the break of monotony, um, I always got kind of excited when school started. Now then, once you got in the grind, it wasn't so fun. But school not so bad. 
Yeah, always. It's weird. Now it's like I am begging for the fall. Anybody who's been around me has just heard me complain either about the weather or get excited about what weather is coming. It's funny. I didn't feel that way back as a kid, probably because summers were a lot more fun back then. And you could always be at a pool or be doing something to, to stay cool. I was always excited about the start of school. But yeah, after like two weeks, it was like, eh. yeah. We're do we're doing now we're doing this for yeah, for we're... like eight months. Oh mm-hmm. man, okay. But I always was excited to get back. And then I also remember like in sixth or seventh grade being like, wait, I'm only halfway done with like school, or not even halfway done with school for my life. Uh, it, that I did have that cross my mind at some point when I was younger. But the good news is the back half. Well, it's all fun, right? Like early on, it's more fun because you're doing more playing than schooling. Mm-hmm. And then even when you're doing more schooling, you get more freedom to do more playing as you get older in high school and obviously as it goes on throughout college. So, yeah, it's all good. Exciting journey Duke's about to go on. And right now his biggest concern is the monster trucks, which is which is great. Oh, yeah. Yeah. The um, it, Well, and, and yeah, it's, it's, it's all in good fun. Like high school, that's pretty fun when you kind of – you know, you get a new face. They at least break it up enough. There was one thing we did get kind of gypped out of. It would have been more fun to jump from like an elementary school to a middle school. But we never, we just, that's, same that's old place. Too. Yeah, that's yeah. true too. You're- that's where we got, we got really hosed. Because you, you, you felt older. At least at my school, they, you let, you would move upstairs. So like the young kids were downstairs. Big kids were upstairs. So that felt like something. But any any sort of rite of passage, any sort of passing of time like that, you just get really fired up. Uh, so we're, we're about ready to hit one at the Roush house. It's, it's exciting stuff. I've started to look at Lucy, our daughter. I've started to look at like her first four years as like college first four years when she was one, she was a fr- like before she turned one, her first 12 months of living, that was her freshman year. It's just pretty crazy. She didn't sleep a ton, but she was still mostly like wide eyed to everything. So she wasn't like too much of a concern, but definitely a party animal for sure. But then you don't really know a party animal until the second two years, from like 12 to 24. And they start to get a little bit of an attitude because they've been around now. They've seen mm-hmm. a thing or two. So like they still have the party atmosphere, but now they're kind of smart Alex and have a little, you know, they, they say no a bunch. Lucy loves saying no. She loves saying mine. Mine. Lucy's water. Lucy's water. It's like, well, I don't want your water anyways, Lucy. I knew it was your water. It's a sippy cup. I wasn't going to drink your sippy cup anyways. And I, I'm gonna I'm gonna consider three and four as her junior and senior year. Uh, oh, people man. in college, their junior and senior years still party, but by four, you know, she hopefully she'll start to behave. Maybe. Well, but year three, you're going to the bars really for the first oh, time. Oh yeah, you're, true. You that's know, true. Turn twenty one, so uh, prepare for Lucy to spread her wings and really, really get <laughs> rowdy. Uh, you're probably you're probably right about that scoots how are you this morning the best producer in all of radio how was your monday what did you get into uh i had to go to work yesterday so forget that 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 stuff stinks i'm not a big fan of work so i could have had a better monday um but overall I'm, i'm pretty good i slept well last night and then i woke up this morning guys and i did something i never do i rolled over and the first thing i did was pick up my phone and holy smokes, there was so much to catch up on in regards to Twitter. I had the whole Trenton Flowers thing for Louisville. I saw some 
drama between Maggie Davis and Tristan Ferris. I had what else? There was one more thing, and I was like, "Whoa, this is a this is a crazy morning." Oh, there was the the Blindside story with Michael Orr. So I was. I spent probably the first 15 minutes of my day laying in bed checking Twitter, which oh. I is so weird for me. I mean, it scoots your name and things that all happened at like 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I, I missed it like, all. I, I don't know. I, I guess I missed it all. Hey, buddy, did you hear when he said he was working? Blue yeah. collar scoots yesterday. That's Can't right. spend all day on his fancy laptop phone. <laughs> Thank you, TJ. But, but you didn't like go home and like sit on your phone and like watch TV before you went to bed? No, I don't. I'm not really a, a big phone guy at night either. So, no. No, I didn't. That's good. That, that's good for you. It, Roush is right. Most of that stuff just kind of happened throughout the day. But you caught up on it all the same. Roush, can you imagine the whirlwind of finding out all three Man. of those things? Just boom, boom, right there. No kidding. The ha- Having the blind side and the Trenton Flowers thing, like back to back, that would have been something. I did see, I, I did briefly see the whole blind side thing last night. But because me and Gil talked about it a little bit, but I didn't like read into it or anything. So I was able to do that this morning. What was a uh, new segment idea? Gil's takes. What, what was Gil's take on the blind side? His whole thing was he just didn't understand why Michael Orr's coming out about it now. Like uh, this, oh, there's man, been so much. Take. There's been so much time pass, and like, wh- why now choosing to bring it up is is pretty much where Gil was at. Because he just found out. Yeah, but I mean, <laughs> did he sign a conservatorship instead of adoption? Papers? Yeah, but still, like, how does that help him now? You know, like everything's all done well, and settled, and it, it's not going to affect his life either way. Yeah, no, no, it does. Like he's he's like, remember when they did the free Britney thing? Yeah, and it was all because she was under conservatorship. Technically, they could make all of his financial decisions for him, like everything. Oh, okay. because it was a conservatorship. Okay, so. Yeah. He like legally had to do something when he found out that he wasn't adopted by them. He was uh, operating under conservatorship. The the story goes, Scoots, that uh, you get you relay this to Gil for me. The story goes that he like embarrassingly found out that he wasn't a part of their family. Like he stumbled upon it somehow through some sort of paperwork, and they were like, "Well, you're not technically part of their family." And he's like, "Well, no, I am." And this this all happened within like the last six months or something. He was like, yeah. "No, I, I am." And he, they, whoever I don't know if it was his agent or whoever it was, was like, "I'm looking at the documents. You have no association to their family from a legal standpoint. Besides, they are your, they they've got you. You don't have them. They have you." And he so he found out that he's not actually adopted by them. This was news to him. Although he did detail this exact thing in a 2013 book, although he kind of painted it as, I just, I didn't know what it was. And I guess when he wrote that book, he also still didn't know what it was. Um, Now he's saying he felt like he was kind of bamboozled a little bit. I just don't understand. See, I'm kind of on the opposite page as Gil. I don't understand how it behooved the Tuies at that point. I mean, they're not, they were pretty well off already. They're not getting anything out of it. Yeah, they they were they were getting more money. I mean, yeah, and it's uh, it's kind of a he said she said about what they did take versus what they didn't take in terms of profiting off his movie, which obviously was his story. When the movie came out, they said they were splitting whatever profits they got amongst themselves five ways, but they quickly backed off, and, and their family of four and Michael Orr 
is five is number five. And just to kind of set the base for it, we had this. Well, we were going to get to this at some point today, but um, Michael Orr from the movie The Blind Side, which I think came out in two thousand and nine. Nine. Yeah. Uh, he, that story. This time in two thousand nine too. I remember uh, it was like a team bonding thing for my football team. We all went and watched at the movie theater. Michael Orr, the in the movie, he is this very talented and big kid that's lovable but bouncing around house to house mom's got drug addiction and eventually adopted by this family a rich family in memphis that brings him to a great school and gets him to figure out football and put that size and strength to be able to kind of concentrate it into a sport and then he ends up going to Ole Miss, which in the movie is a you know funny. They've got a bunch of the coaches in the movie. Funny seeing them at their old schools and whatnot. But Ole Miss is where the Tuies went to school and where they sent their kids to school. So that's kind of a, a storyline in the movie. And sure enough, now fourteen years later, he's saying that he was taken advantage of. He thought that he was adopted, but he actually was not adopted, and taking them to court about it. The Tuies responded by saying, uh, "For eventually they got around to a no comment, but I think the Memphis gotcha. paper got a hold of the dad right when everything was coming out. And he was just saying this is all shocking to him. They consider he is part of the family. Uh, he's heartbroken to hear that like he's happy or he's unhappy or disgruntled. Michael Orr is unhappy or disgruntled, and that he you know he can't wait to be able to to straighten things out or whatever. So." The family seems surprised by all this. I don't know if you'd hear them really say anything differently, but they eventually came around and said, no, we're not going to say anything else about it. We'll, we'll respond in le- with a, a legal statement. So they're going to get their ducks in a row now and just uh, kind of sad all around, I suppose. I, I think a lot of people are going to be quick to instantly blame the two E's or say that they were bad in this whole situation. It, Michael Orr in 2013 did write about like this exact situation. It just – it, it it seems like yeah, yeah. people around him maybe should have filled him in, or maybe the Tuies even should have filled him in more about exactly what was going on. But this is going to be a he said, she said, Roush, and I wonder how it's all going to play out in terms of from a court standpoint. Right, right. The 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 part that uh, always frustrated me with the movie, and I know it was the biggest point of contention uh, with Michael Orr, is that it made him look dumb and like helpless um and that he like needed somebody to he, he needed the tourists to get by um and the story that was uh at least shared in the espn article that came out yesterday uh the kind of narrative was like well he stayed with a lot of families and you know the tourists just started being more and more friendly and he started staying with them more and they eventually adopted him that always felt more realistic than whatever the hell the movie did um and like that's that's the part of this that i the the part that feels kind of gross is when i found out the guy who wrote the book that really kind of framed the story in this light that it was like the michael orr wouldn't be anywhere without the two he's just like no like michael orr was his classmate first and then like he was really good at sports and then he started living with them uh, like they invited him to live with them. Like it, but it, the, the author of the story was his classmate. 
Like it was another one of these people. Like it, it was one of uh, Sean Tui Jr.'s close friends. So I, the fact that like that guy kind of got a career out of writing this great book that became a movie, and then now he's all of a sudden this big famous author. Um, yeah, that that that's the part out of this where, you know, at least Michael Orr was really freaking good at football. So like he had like it's not like he was one and done. Um, if you will, like he was able to go on and still have a professional career. It wasn't as long as he would have liked, uh, but it, at least he didn't get completely left out high and dry. Cause I, it sounds like in this situation, he made little to nothing off of the, the movie, which is pretty messed up. At least that's what he's alleging right now. That, that's what he's alleging. Even, you know, a five way split, what they said back at the premiere back in 2009, that doesn't even seem all that fair just because you you literally don't have a story without a talented yeah. football player. The family did say they never liked the way that he was portrayed from an intelligence standpoint and they blamed Hollywood on all of that and mm-hmm. they tried to, you know, they tried to share that he is actually, you know, he's very smart, not not somebody that was kind of helpless in the classroom. The only reason there's any notion of struggling grades is because he went to what eleven different schools in nine years or something like that, or eight years yeah, or something. Yeah, Pretty I mean, just crazy. an insane amount of bouncing mm-hmm. around. Where it's like, how could you? How how could you get good grades when you're not even staying long enough to 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 finish projects and to finish papers and stuff like that? So it's a sad situation. Like you, you hate that somebody grew up kind of feeling like a large chunk of their life, and especially from childhood into adulthood, was a lie. But they'll they'll figure this stuff out in the courtroom, and everybody in the meantime is probably going to be attacking the Tuies. I don't know if I'm attacking them, but if what he alleges is true, then it is kind of crappy. Um, and he probably no probably about it. He definitely seemed to should have profited more off just his name, image, and likeness to bring it back to a nil conversation. Uh, not just at nil at the time, but also just the the. The, the royalties moving forward. He he definitely should have been compensated more scoops. It's it's a real shame that with the relationship that they have, that this is going to have to go to court. I mean, I, I would like to think that we could be amicable and solve this in a reasonable way where we treat everybody like humans, you know? I mean, I would never, I would never, I can't imagine a fallout with someone that I consider family and having to go to court with them. That just, I couldn't do it. Emotionally, yeah, that'd I be mean, really but- tough. That happens all the time, though. Oh, like, I know is, that. Yeah, I know that. And and in worse circumstances, so sure. like this, I don't want to say it's not like surprising, but it, it's just playing out on a much uh, grander stage, um, because of you know we we, we all watch the movie, I'm, so. Uh, <laughs> but I'm, you know what? I do. I, I want to say that I do hate Sean Tui, uh because he's the SEC leader in assist, and he shouldn't be. Suck it, Ole Miss. I'm just curious. Suck it and suck it. I'm just curious which side wants what out of this. Like, where, where did all this come from? What does Michael Orr want? What are the twoies? Well, like, I, I just want to know all the details. Michael Orr, they, he wants money, I'm sure. Which, I mean, that's, yeah, then that's, that's I, kind of foolish on him then because he just played a, a freaking NFL career. No, Be better about saving it's, it. It's a movie based on his life and, like, Fox now has the legal names to his rights, and I think they're doing something on Netflix with it. So, like, they own his life story in perpetuity. So they can do whatever the hell they want with it. 
if I if somebody owned the Nick Roush life story to make movies and TV shows out of it whenever they wanted to, and they've already made a lot of those, then I, I want to at least get a cut of that. Um, so, because I, I think, it, like, when, when that movie goes on Netflix, they get checks in the mail. He wants those checks, too. There's not enough and Crown Royal and above-ground pools to make a movie about you, pal. Rosh, what would you say, though, if it's, you know, proven in court that, like, you were an adult, you signed these papers of a, of a to make this family your conservator, you, right here in the contract, it details, I understand what this is saying, you initialed right there, like, what, what if the court just says you, as an adult, sign these papers, where's the issue here? Yeah, that's what's going to be fascinating about this, TJ, because that's the argument you can make. If you're the Tories legal people, I'm curious how much they're going to want to fight it, though. Like, I, you know, I, well, I'm fascinated th- with that, too. And like, <laughs> you know, it, it really makes you wonder that like as kind of nasty as it is, I'm with Scooch. You just wish this whole thing could have been settled one another way without it going to court. But like that probably is the simplistic line in the sand. Now, where it could get a little blurry is that he could say. I was under duress. I, you know, they, they lied to me about it. They didn't really go through the contract with me. They just told me sign here and they, they were going to take care of me. I thought that this meant I was getting adopted and, and, and they, they weren't accurate about it. That's really where kind of the blurry lines is going to be is did they take advantage of this kid and make him sign something that he didn't fully understand? Or was he a willing adult? going into basically an agreement that they were going to be handling his finances and making financial decisions for him. That's to me, it's really what it kind of comes down to as much as you you want Michael Orr to get his, and you definitely do. Um, if he willingly signed into agreement that kind of got, he, he may kind of be screwed. He may have screwed himself on for as unfortunate as it is, or he was totally taken advantage of. And this needs to, to be settled financially probably in a bigger way than the twoies would would probably care to admit it's either or for me and i'll let the courts figure that out and then it'll be a michael or addendum story uh the um blindsided extra blindsided even more <laughs> blindsiding pretty crazy that saney bullock won a oscar for it too she was I mean, great like, in it she deserved she it. was but i it's also one of those where it felt, I don't know if she, how much she did even after that year. Cause she did that and the proposal in the same year and, uh, not a whole lot since, I guess the, the bird box movie on Netflix. She did that. That's good. That was good. Um, That's a good point. People do forget that. Like, yeah. No. And yeah, she had like bangers coming out in the same year and then just kind of like, eh, hmm, getting over this stuff, which also got to feel kind of weird if you're in her spot right now. I mean, I know like, it's just absolutely like she had not. nothing to do with it. She just she just read a script and acted, you know, like it's not like I like that that that's that's gotta be a really weird thing to to open up your phone and be like, ooh, why am I trending again? It's like, oh, that's not good. She shouldn't that's catch not- any heat for it though. I mean, she didn't do anything wrong. No, but it's still it's probably just like she probably feels slightly could potentially feel gross by association. I mean, it right. wasn't the real Michael Orr in the movie. No, you're right. <laughs> what if he did play himself? Been awesome. Be pretty good, and then still didn't get paid, didn't get any money for it. <laughs> yeah, that 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 wouldn't that wouldn't be good. Yeah, it's uh, 
it's not a good situation, but she was good at grading that movie because, like, Roush, like you said, that was when we were in high school. It just felt like you'd seen that high school mom at every Friday football game yeah, that yeah. you'd gone to. Uh, she really played the role well in that. It was a great movie, and it's not like a totally uncommon storyline in the sense of, like, person with tough financial background or maybe doesn't live in the best part of town um, gets help from other family with more money at mm-hmm. nicer school in different part of town. That's it happens a story. every day. Every, like, I mean, I mean, every year yeah. in pretty much any slightly large city and even smaller ones as well. This is not a totally unoriginal story. And Roush, the question always comes back to if so-and-so wasn't good at sports, would so-and-so family care about them still take them in and that's kind of the the gray area morality of all this you love Mm -hmm. seeing other people get better opportunities that they're not presented with but sometimes you do wonder about the motives of and then other times it's just like the most sweet best families in the world that truly are trying to just make a difference Uh, but this michael orr story is not original to the memphis suburbs yeah yeah that's um that's you're you're exactly right um and and i think what made this one always feel weird is because there was such a bright spotlight on it um because a lot of times you know the 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 benefactors um if you will um the the great expectations the mrs havishams in the situation there's a shout out um funny south park episode from way back in the day uh but like typically they like to not be in the spotlight. And so this one was different in that regard. And that's why it always felt a little weird. Just a little weird. A little Michael Ward talk to get the show started. We start with some pleasantries, seeing how Scoot's Monday night was, and we get into our first topic of the day. And and Scoots is right to bring up several other things that we're going to get to. Uh, not that anybody asked, my Monday was just out of off the charts exciting. Uh, the daughter is sick again, so actually I say again, this is really like the first time since the weather's been nice that she's had something that's, she's had like a little stomach bug for a day or two, but this is, she's got a, a little RSV going around the school, so mm. I'll I'll be on daddy duty most of this week until she's she's better, but besides that, everything good over here, excited to be doing radio this morning. Uh, we will be talking about the U of L Trenton Flowers situation, and then Roush's Roush's favorite UK media member Tristan Ferris. He gets in a Twitter back and forth as as Scoots alluded to. Uh, we will definitely bring that up because it is summer radio, and we'll talk football, we'll talk basketball, we'll get to all the other stuff going on in the world. We want to hear from you on the Thornton's text line five zero two four one four fourteen fifty. Gas prices are absolutely outrageous. Save since any chance you can, and Thornton's going to make it easy for you. You just punch in your phone number right there at the pump if you are a refresher and rewards member, and boom, maybe five cents off a gallon, 10 cents off a gallon, and potentially even more depending on how long you've been a refresher and rewards member. But you can't get to those big bonuses unless you start today at Thornton's. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. We're going to be right back. Break, but I got it where I want it now. Whoa, it was never my intention to break. Just tell it all away from you now. But God 
Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Well, people can come up with statistics to prove anything, Kent. 40% of all people know that. Here comes the story of Eric The man the authorities came to blame For something that he never done Put in a prison cell but one time He could have been the champion of Welcome back, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen on your Tuesday morning. Going to be cool for Kentucky standards today, Roush. Supposedly in Louisville, we're not expected to hit 80, which is always nice in the summer. Wow. This is August? Question mark? Looks at the watch. Yeah, it's August. It's August. Scoots, you okay with that? Uh, Not really, no. I mean... Well, yeah, kind of, because I know we've got three or four 90-degree days coming right behind it, starting, I believe, on Sunday. So, yeah, I'm okay with it. Boom. <laughs> Boo. Yeah, it is just cooler because of all the rain that's been coming in. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to maybe try to take advantage of it today. If possible, you should as well. And make sure you have your shady rays on your head. If you do get out and about polarized sunglasses – company started right here in good old Kentucky, and they can make sure that your face wear is up to snuff. They have the best sunglasses, such a ginormous selection. You got to go to ShadyRays.com to check it out. Different shades for every occasion, and you're going to save 25% when you check out if you use the promo code BIGX. And Scoots looks like it's not 90s until Sunday, maybe. At least the the seven day on mine. So wow, that's nice. Great, great listening job there, TJ. It's literally what I just said. I said we got barely. We if get, it's barely on Sunday. It may not even be till Monday. Yeah, it may not be. Wow. Till yeah. Wow. It may not be till Monday, and then it's going to get really hot. But we can. Yeah, that's. Uh, I thought. I thought it was going to be like you know weekend weekend. Oh, it's looking no. pretty nice for the weekend. Yeah, weekend should be great too. Mm-hmm. Real nice, Clark. Real nice. And you'll be even enjoying the weather even better with your Shady Ray sunglasses. ShadyRays.com for yours today. All right. We've got a lot of text to get to, uh, although not as many with the podcast listeners from yesterday. So keep them coming for the live listeners. 502-414-1450. Roush, do you want to detail the, the, the Tristan Ferris Twitter exchange from yesterday? Sure. Um... I uh, I don't have it pulled up, but essentially, uh, I, don't, I don't know who Tristan Ferris works for, but big Twitter guy, big Twitter guy, and he tweeted out a clip, a clip, a clip asking uh, people to rate Barry on Brown's golf swing, um, and apparently it was from a BBN Tonight segment from last Friday, I want to say where they took him out on him and uh, another Kentucky football player out of the golf course to work with some of people of the UK golf team. Um, and Maggie Davis was a part of that. And she said, Hey, um, you know, do you think you could just like not screen record and take out our logo and maybe just hit the retweet button? We worked really hard on this. Thanks. Um, and then he quickly responded and said, actually, it came from your photog who tweeted this video out. I just wanted to zoom in on it. Um, so he he was quick with his receipts, but I think um, yeah, yeah. People just 
little. He, he yeah. folks, he is rubbing the UK media core the wrong way, and that I'm not saying that this is that that he is discussed. There's a lot of group messages in UK media circles. I hope to be a part of one someday. Uh, but I would imagine that in those group messages, people aren't aren't happy with his social media procedures. What if in this instance he's telling the truth and that like he didn't see the BBN Tonight segment, he saw that other guy's Twitter, and he just cited the the, the tweet in that he, he you know he, he tagged the guy. Is that okay? Yeah, but uh, I'm I'm sure it is. I I mean it's just all the. Like you're right, TJ. Like there's a a lot of folks who just don't like his uh, Twitter behavior, mm-hmm. and so the moment they get a chance, they're just going to come at him and say, "Dude, just retweet it, or quote tweet it, or whatever." Um, but yeah, I, I just well, Ma- I, Maggie I, Maggie wasn't happy about it. No, she was not. She was not. I appreciate Maggie being uh, territorial though. Like that, I'm sure. Even though BBN Tonight does have, you know, they, they, they get some perks for being like an official partner of UK. Um, I'm, I don't want to say it's a pain in the ass, but like that, I mean, there's a whole day ordeal. And then to just be like, rate my golf swing or rate his golf swing. That would be, uh, well, that would be really difficult. I'm glad you said it. Cause I was going to. Uh, we everybody likes Maggie Davis. I don't know if I've ever heard a single person say something that was not just like glowing about her. Um, not like a bad thing about her, but something that's just not even like totally great about her. She works hard. She seems well. I've met her and know her. Uh, she's great. She is great. But she's been working even hard ever since the, our past cross in uh, the old KSR days. But um, she enjoy her on the UK beat while you have her, because she's probably going to be moving on to bigger and better things somewhere down the road. I think it's probably pretty safe to assume that. Yes, but that being said, a little tiny bit of self-awareness about, like, this was an exclusive interview we worked hard to get. BBN Tonight gets whoever they want. You just have to ask UK for it, and UK will say yes to it. I'm sure there are, like, some exceptions, and that's not to downgrade your storytelling ability, which is phenomenal, but BB, as Rush said, BB and tonight gets access that no other outlet in the world gets when it comes to UK athletics, not even close to it. Um, so I'm not totally going to feel bad about an exclusive interview getting ripped off that wasn't really technically even ripped off from that interview. Um, that being said, though, <laughs> that the group messages aren't crazy about about his his social media styling. Uh, but as I've said, he's, he just keeps racking up followers. Not that it's necessarily going about it always the right way, but I don't think he did anything wrong with that. I thought his response was pretty professional and mature to the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, there's more to the story I won't share, but uh, yeah, you, you might think Oh, that. no! <laughs> yeah. All yeah. right, well, uh, I, I can only comment on the info that I know. So if there's more to the story that I don't know, and your your little cat, I reserve the right to change my stance. Well, I'll just say that he's very well aware, though, of like how people think of him now. So he's trying to really toe that line. Gotcha. Um, well, you should, yeah. you know, if you mess yeah. up and people, you're ticking people off, it's best to, to, to try to get out in front of it. But I get what you're saying. I see. I see, right, I see right, what you're right. throwing down. Uh, oh, yeah, some some social media drama there yesterday on the old Twitter or X or whatever you all want to call it. 
these days, but that was UK on UK. There was U of L on U of L, Roush, or Australia on U of L, or whatever it may be. But in a shocking, 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 shocking move yesterday, I'm going to pick up the kid from school. It was like 255-ish. I'm turning on radio. I wasn't sure if Mike Rutherford was going to be on yesterday or not. He's not. He was not. Hopefully, he'll be on today. Uh, so I go over to Big X. He's not there. Head on over to another station. And every other station in town, I was kind of flipping back and forth between them, hearing them all say, well, we had a million things that we were going to get to today, but throw all that out the window because breaking <laughs> news, Trenton Flower leaving the University of Louisville and not for bigger and better things necessarily, for Australia. For Australia, the MBL, in hopes to get to play point guard for his NFL draft stock for the 2024 draft. Just when you think things can't go worse for U of L, just when you think that you've kind of seen them hit rock bottom. Whew. This is uh, this oh that that's a tough one for U of L. I mean, oh. I, I do feel bad for for a portion of their fan base. It's just another turd sandwich they're going to have to take down. I just is it bad too that like the the sound of dying Louisville fans never gets old. And yesterday, uh, I don't know who Mingus does the show with, but like whoever that guy was, he had no soul left. It was just completely gone. I've never heard anything like that before. David Skull, the biggest biscuit. Oh, that's what I, he just sounded. He sounded dead. He sounded like there was nothing left in the tank for that guy. And it's the the problem though is TJ is like we're we're running out of soul for them to 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 rip out. You know what I mean? Like, and that that's the part of this equation that I just don't like. They can't. It couldn't even wait for the seasons to start to get bad news. I mean, it, in a different world, it's like. The, the Trenton Flowers, and I, he he is a kid, so I say this in like uh, maybe he's eighteen. I don't. It doesn't matter. I say this in the context of probably more of like his decision makers, which he says he is the one making all these decisions, which maybe actually could explain all this. But like, mm-hmm. there there's an argument and there's a take to be had that like U of L, you, you could be kind of dodging a bullet on this happening now than than in November or December or January. Like, this kid may just not have the chops. Because who else does this? Who goes to a school, spends the summer there, and then a month before the season starts, you you just say, I'm out. Like, uh, uh, before the season starts. I mean, it's literally the week that school starts. You say that, I'm out. And then you tweet out, just so everybody knows moving forward, I'm a point guard. Which... This whole just kind of reading and then reading Kenny Payne's statement and reading the stuff that Flowers was saying and that Flowers' mom was saying on social media. Roush, this screams to me, just trying to connect the dots here, of like an incident happened. Something happened. There was like a blow up or there was something at practice or there was something where there was probably a heated exchange. And my guess is U of L like didn't think much of it or thought it'd cool off or cool blow over because that's what happens. college athletics it's what happens in professional athletics it's what happens in high school like people fight people get after it people yell at each other but if you're a team everything will kind of blow over and cool off or should 
in due time. And I think U of L was probably just like totally shocked, flabbergasted, surprised when they got the call. They're like, "Hey, we're we're actually just going to leave. It's not working out. We don't like the way that we're being used. We want to be a point guard." My guess is U of L was just like, "This cannot be real. You're actually going to go." And they probably tried to convince him to stay, but it was already too late. Whoever is advising this kid, not good. Just like not a good move. It, it, one, this is just going to – he's going to have to answer questions about this. Let's say he is in the 2024 draft. He'll have to answer questions about this. If he's good mm-hmm. enough, it doesn't matter. You'll answer them. People will either like your answers or they won't like it. If you're good enough, it won't matter. If you're kind of fringe, then people are going to be a little curious why you just bounced on a place that could easily just get you to where you want to go just as much as as the Australia League could, which is just wild that he's going to be doing that. I still can't comprehend it. And then to go on Twitter and kind of vent out your stuff, it, it probably just a, a lack of maturity, which is understandable at his age. That's where you want the adults to step in and be like, whatever happened, we can work this out. If you want to play more point guard, then go beat out Sky freaking Clark at Sky Clark. If you can't beat him out, then why are you worried about the 2024 draft? And I mean that sincerely. I'm not trying to be mean, but Sky Clark will not be in the 2024 draft. You won't be. So if you can't beat him out, Trenton Flowers, and have the ball in your hands, then you're not ready for it anyways. Then you're not cut out for it anyways. And if you feel like you weren't getting a fair shake, you have all won four games last year. I'm sure if you were a difference maker on the court, it would it would you'd see it. It would shine a little bit. And instead, he's just saying, hand up, I'm out of here. The issue for U of L is two things, and they're ginormous things. The timing, like you just can't get worse timing than this. You can't go get somebody else in the portal. You maybe could go get an international guy like UK does, but who? Uh, last year, U of L brought in the Okorafor fellow who seems like he's got some potential, but very, very, very raw. Um, you, you can't bring anybody else in realistically. Maybe there's a name out there. Maybe there's a secret reclassification. Maybe they can get somebody at the mid-year. But it's so late in the game to get somebody of, of good caliber that it's probably unlikely to happen. That's the big one. The timing of it just stinks for U of L. Secondly, you won four games last year. Like you need this season to be. And the, and the sad thing is, U of L fans have already brought themselves to like it's. I don't. We don't need to go to a Final Four. I just want to make the tournament. I don't. We don't have to go to the second weekend. I just want to make the tournament. Get a team that hears its name called on Selection Sunday, which, granted, after a four-win season, that seems like a high bar even. But for University of Louisville program standards, obviously it's embarrassing low. U of L just to make the tournament going into the season. Ten years ago, you would think if you were a U of L fan, what a horrible season we're about to have. Our goal is just to get in. That's not going to be all that exciting. But that's where they're at, and it's because they won four games last year. So you mix in that you get a star freshman that actually was on some NBA mock drafts, not all of them, but some of them, and he leaves a month before the season coming off a four-win season, it's it's horrible. I mean, it, it's just a combination of stink for everybody involved. I bet the coaching staff was shocked by this. It stinks for them. On the flip side, this is a guy you went after. This are guy, these are guys you recruited. These are people that you probably maybe should have had a better pull on this relationship. Uh, it stinks for the players out there that, you know, your team probably just got a little bit worse, although they seem to be handling it well, at least from social media. 
not that they're taking shots at Trenton Flowers, but they're just telling themselves like, hey, we're fine. You know, yeah. We're still going to be strong and all that mm-hmm. stuff. But you're right back to where you were last year, Roush, where it's like you have one ball handler and it's Sky Clark. Yeah. Sky and- Clark, it's worse than a ball handler in L. Ellis, who also left because Sky Clark was promised the point guard spot, which in which case it could be a coaching thing where it's like, why are you promising this dude to take off these other players? Why not just say, like, it's an open competition? Wink, wink, wink. It, it's it's one of those things that I like I I want to rub their nose in it because it is embarrassing. Uh, I don't know how. Like I know he was ranked as a small forward, but all but if how can you not think that I I just have a hard time. I mean, it's freaking Australia of all places, right? Like. If if this guy was as good as you think he like, surely it's not the money situation, right? I mean, reclassifying to get eligible to go to Australia is unnecessary. You can go to Australia whenever you want. So I'm with you, TJ. Like something had to have happened there while he was at U of L over the summer to be like, Ugh, I need to get the hell away from here. Like mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't know if it was something per like you, you would think it would be something more personal. Or maybe he just thought they all stunk. Like I don't. That's the part I don't get. In he knew that they stunk going into it. So you would think that he would think, all right, well, I'm going to play a big role in this. Um, and so that's where it does lead me to believe that, like, man, maybe Kenny isn't as good at handling personalities as we thought. And maybe that's just the problem. Because here's the other problem that I didn't understand until Matt McGavick tweeted this out. But Tyler Johnson, their other big time late addition, who's Another, he's a point guard who should be, if not their starter, they're first off the, like he should be one of their primary ball handlers. He's, he's still not on campus yet. Like how, what, you said it TJ, they could have another year where their only ball handler is somebody who you can't really trust all that much in Sky Clark. Well, and speaking of Sky Clark, TJ, you talked about who does this leaves before a season. If you remember Sky Clark left in the middle of the season last year. And I don't know yeah. if you all saw his message or not, but I thought it was pretty funny, worth reading. Said, Card Nation, y'all take it easy on the young fella. He did what he felt like was best for him. The timing was bad, and I'm a living testament to that. And for that, I'm sorry, no matter the circumstances. He's a special talent and felt this was the best, but we good over here in Crumb, trust me. Which, I don't understand that last sentence, we good over here in Crumb, trust me. It's the, but, name, it's the name of the L dorm. Oh, okay, gotcha. For basketball players, gotcha. It looks looks pretty nice. It looks awesome. Yeah, yeah it looks really, it looks really nice. It's just a, another like U of L basketball is just dead. There's no yeah. other way to really say it. It's just dead. It stinks unless like they pull a rabbit out of their hat and get another player worth getting excited about. They they should be better than a four win team last year, but I can't imagine this team winning more than 15 games. And you're gonna have to win more than 15 games to get into the tournament. And it's just. Roush, what's the KFC Yum Center going to look like this year? What's the KFC Yum Center going to look like at the beginning of the season? Yeah. Like that's the scare. That's the thing that stinks for U of L is that if maybe the team surprises everybody, you could start getting more butts in the seats as the season goes on. But they just announced that they're going to be playing Texas in the Empire Classic. You knew, oh gosh, you, you knew that but- they were in that event, but you weren't sure who they were going to get matched up against. It was either going to be IU, UConn, or Texas. And they'll play the loser of IU UConn, 
because they're going to lose to Texas. Not to right. be mean, but they just will. They actually probably got one of the most favorable first round matchups between the three that they like. You probably wouldn't have wanted to play UConn, and then nope. between IU and in Texas, it's both of them were would be tough for U of L, but we'll probably get both of them actually because I bet UConn will beat IU. No offense to you, Scoots, and then you'll get a little IU U of L third place game that could be fun between you and Trevor. Yeah, I'm actually just sitting here thinking I'm, I need to make a bet with Trevor again this year because there is no way Louisville's winning seven games. Oh, Scoots, they're going to win more than seven games. I don't think so. I think oh. a good over-under really would be like 13 and a half. Why? What, what, do you, what have you seen or read that tells you that? Scott, the addition of Sky Clark does all that much for you? No, 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 not at all. I mean, it's I, the I'm, same I'm team as like last year. the biggest Sky Clark uh, doubters there is. I think he's okay. It's not the same. The answer is it's not the same team as last year, Scoots. They, have like eight, they had nine new players before Flyers left, so it, it's not. It's it's a bunch of guys that I don't believe in personally. I they're not winning ten games. Maybe that's the bet I'll make with Trevor. Mm-hmm. I don't that, see ten. Don't don't fly too close to the sun, Scoots. See the 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 thing you have to remember too, Scoots, is that like last year was such an anomaly. But who knows? Maybe you are. If we like seven is still laughably low, and you can't give yourself that little wiggle room, but. A double-digit win bet is just—it does sound funny. It sounds very amusing. Well, that's that's where things are at right now for U of L. And you know, so Rush, I, I saw an interesting like take about how much pressure this actually puts on Jeff Brom and the football team, and I, I I kind of agree with it. Initially, I first thought read it and thought like, well, no, they're just going to be so happy to have anything worth a fart on the football side of things that people are probably going to be over the top and more so like excuse poor behavior or poor performance, I should say. But more likely, no, like if you have a football's bad, people are what will they have? Yeah, have but like I, I I tended to agree with like the former opinion where it's I mean they're just gonna be happy to see anything competent and good. Um now like I <laughs> part of it though is like you there there and I, there's always pressure in the first game, but like that, that, I think a lot of it is just setting the tone in the first game. Because if you win that one, you know, like then you can kind of exhale a little bit um, for like the rest of the season. But th- there, there is a lot of pressure just on that first game alone. Yeah, you're right about that. All right, hour one of Kentucky Roll Call is finished. We've got the Thornton's text line to get to in hour number two. We need to talk about a, a few UK side of things and uh, some national sports stories I've got written down as well. It's going to be a fun second hour. You're not going to want to miss it. This is Kentucky Roll Call on Big X Sports Radio. TJ Walker, Nick Roush, oh, and Justin yeah. Kalen. We'll be right back. Welcome back for hour two of Kentucky Roll Call. Nothing is over until we decide it is. With Walker and Roush. We're just getting started, bro. 
Welcome back. Hour number two, Kentucky Roll Call here on Big X Sports Radio. Nick Roush and Justin Kalen on your Tuesday morning. Fun first hour. Got through most of the, the topics that I had written down to want to get to on today's show, but a few other things that we'll that we'll chat about as the show goes on today. And anything that you want us to talk about, text on into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Scooch, you going to be on Spears today at noon? I will be on Spears today at noon, yeah. Ooh, you guys are going to be probably talking Trenton Flowers again. Oh, I'm so excited. Uh, probably a lot of baseball talk, I would imagine. Yeah, Reds, uh, we'll, we'll talk the Reds, I'm sure. Took two or three from Pittsburgh this weekend. Needed it. Had had to have it. Who do they have now? Uh, great question. Maybe the Indians. I should know this. I feel like I saw this. Indians. Ooh, well, th- couldn't be the Indians. They're not an NFL team. Oh, <laughs> well, they're also not in the NFL. Uh, they are. They are playing the Guardians. But they're not. That what, say what I said was wrong. You said they're not. Yeah. I forgot what you yeah. said at this point. They're not an NBA team. No, I said they're not in the NFL, which they're not. And they're not in That's the MLB, true. and they're not in the NBA. So you're right. Yeah. You're right about I, that as well. I'm, yes, get, the- I'm getting confused because mm-hmm. earlier when you were talking about Trenton Flowers, you were saying he was on NFL board. Or he he was on some NFL board. So now I'm just confused what sports we've been talking about. Well, I did mention MBL earlier, uh, the Australian Professional League, and I did mistakenly just say NFL <laughs> regarding. Uh, the MLB, but yes, regardless, no, no Indians, no Indians, no Indians, no, only in a triple A. Oh yeah, you're right about that. I guess that's, that's still okay. Yeah. The AP poll came out yesterday. UK, not, uh, not ranked in the top 25, Roush. No, not ranked in the top 25. Also receiving votes. Uh, only four more than U of L though. So what, what the hell people have, we not well, you, can, these... you can thank old, Brett McMurphy for that one. Gosh, Brett McMurphy. I think somebody calculated it. Where like he was U of L's only vote was him, but since he ranked them like 16th and moved them way up. Yeah, that, that's how it works. But like the the part with the the AP poll that is frustrating is that like a lot of it is just logo familiarity, big names like. Drake May is going to get North Carolina in the top 25. They play in a bad league. He's a Heisman candidate. So, like, I get that to an extent. Um, but, and, you know, A&M's going to get the, some benefit of the doubt because they've got a lot of talent and they're bringing, you know, they had some coaching transformation in the assistant ranks in the offseason. But I, some of the other the, – the part that's frustrating is just that it does seemingly matter. And I brought this example up previously, but – College basketball preseason polls are insignificant. They have nothing to do with what the selection committee does. But where you start matters on where you finish because there's only so much room to move over the 13 weeks of the college football season. So in 2018, Kentucky and Florida were 9-3. and three. One of Kentucky's wins was over Florida, but Florida was in the New Year 6 as they were ranked higher in the college football rankings. Some of that is because Florida started higher. They didn't have as far to climb, so when they lost, they weren't penalized as much as Kentucky was. Now, I think a little, a little bit of that, too, was just it's it's all about when you lose in college football, and I think Florida had lost like two weeks earlier than Kentucky had, but it shouldn't matter. Like, K- 
Kentucky was the better team in Florida. They should have been in the New Year's Six Bowl. Florida should have been in the Citrus Bowl. But because the AP rankings gave him such a leg up early on in the season, like that, that's why the, this stuff does matter. And it kind of make it, it makes me mad because I know some of these AP voters, like it's not as crazy as the SEC media uh, voters at like media days. At least most of the AP poll people, like, they take this stuff pretty seriously. Like, uh, you know, it's the John Clays of the world. It's the beat reporters who've been doing this for a very long time. Um, but a lot of people just aren't well, very well aware of, of what's going on, what's happening in the sport on a week-to-week basis. You see that when they get called out. And that it, it, it just annoys me how much weight they have. At least they have less weight than what they used to back when, the AP poll used to decide who was the national champion. Like, at least we've gotten away from that. You're, you're everything you said. I, I totally agree with. I don't think people fully understand it. There is truth to, like, if with a schedule like Kentucky, the preseason ranking, if you want to win a national championship or make the college football playoff, that doesn't matter as much because if Kentucky finishes 11-1 Roush they'll they'll be in the college football playoff if if they go you know obviously if they go undefeated they'll you control your own destiny but where I mean you're 100% right about what it does for New Year's six games and the bull pecking order and that stuff can be not established at the beginning of the season but it can really give some teams a leg up over some other team and I think UK has suffered from it previously but all that to say it's one of the toughest schedules in the country. If you, you you do control your own destiny where the rankings don't have to matter, but there is a chance where if Kentucky finishes eight and four Roush, you may look at the preseason rankings and say, well, if they would have started number four and finished eight and four, you know, they're probably finishing the season 18th, 19th, somewhere in that ballpark, where if you finish the season unranked and you go eight and four, it probably going to be, you know, you, you may not be even ranked. You may finish the season 23rd, 24th, 22nd. So really we're still not talking about a huge difference, but it can matter. And just even a one spot difference can matter on new year, six bowls and all that fun stuff, which Kentucky has missed out on. So yeah, I agree with you. Is there, do you have a fix for it? What's your solution? It's, it's the one that nobody wants to hear. It's waiting until October to do it, but nobody wants to do that. TV people especially, right? They like seeing the numbers next to the names, especially on these week one matchups. But I guess at least the one positive sign, though, is when Kentucky is in all also receiving votes range, that means just win a couple games and you're in, as you said. Like, it, teams are going to lose. Keep winning and you'll be in there. So at least they're on the radar for, for a lot of these teams. Or, excuse me, voters, I should say. Uh, yeah, and I, I, you know, one thing that always interests me is the early season blowouts for some teams versus others where like if you are ranked Roush you're just not going to move up for beating nobodies but if you're ranked then you can stay ranked for weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks and weeks if you're not playing anybody because people aren't really going to punish you because of it now a big win from another team can jump them ahead of you but you're not going to drop significantly only individual teams can kind of take a spot and a spot. So you can end up dropping a few spots, but it's not in this ginormous fall down as if you had lost. But if you're unranked, you're just going to stay unranked because the wins don't do enough for you to to get the attention of those voters like you're, you mentioned. So there's a, probably a decent chance that like when Kentucky plays Florida, 
UK is already solidified to be an unranked, even if they win their three out of conference games, Roush and beat Bandy. Now, if they if they're doing it by fifty and Devin Leary's putting up four touchdowns each game, then that could do enough to get the attention. But that, that's kind of one of the crappy things about the preseason poll. And I honestly don't think that they should even have any sort of poll whatsoever until after week two. Play two weeks of games and then come out with a poll. Who is looking we'll make for it, two weeks of game? Don't worry about offseason. Don't worry about the names of the players. Don't worry about their draft rankings. After two weeks, which teams have looked dominant, which teams haven't. And if you haven't played anybody, then, yeah, you're probably not going to be ranked. But guess what? When you do, that could change. I could even be down for Labor Day Monday, like making that a thing. A tradition every year. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I mean, sure. I, I, you know, you can say this about two games versus one game, but, you know, one game, you're going to just For what it's worth, I don't even play. For the rest of the season based off what teams do in their first game where they're rusty and all that. Again, I understand you could say that. Well, why two games then? you got to draw it at some point, I guess. Yeah, and I, I just said that because, like, Labor Day is like a nice, uh, it's a holiday, but I don't even think they put one out on that Monday. I think they wait until after that Monday night game is played and release one on Tuesday. Um, but uh, nevertheless, while we're, while we're talking football, uh, another list just released, Bruce Feldman's Freaks List. So I, I don't know how much our average Joe listener might be paying attention, but Bruce Feldman, he writes for The Athletic. He's previously with Fox Sports. Long time, long time, Big J Jerno, and I, I don't know when he came up with the freaks list, uh, but it's kind of a big off-season tradition where he just shares, here's these college football players who have crazy athleticism, like learn their names because they're great. Um, and much to my surprise, he actually included a Kentucky Wildcat this year. Whoa. Can, can, you, can you guess which Kentucky Wildcat he used? My cousin Dion Walker. You would think that the six foot six, three hundred and thirty pound, uh, second team all SEC player that can play every position on the defensive line would make the cut. <laughs> it was actually Trevin Wallace. Okay, I mean, yeah, like I mean, he's a freak. Um, you know what nose guard did make it though is some guy from Cincinnati, and like that's where <laughs> I, I mean I'm so annoyed. Like I just I can't the part that just it, it. Bruce Feldman is really good at coaching search stuff because he talks to all the coaches. That's why this list of his stinks. Like he put a freshman Nick Harbor on there. Nick Harbor is a freak. Don't get me wrong. The dude's a 100-meter like national champion, and he's weighing 245. But you know what? Beamer also talks to people in the media. He talks to Bruce Feldman. You know who else really talks to Bruce Feldman? Scott Satterfield. That's why there's always like five U of L players on this. Uh, guess how many Cincinnati players are on the list, TJ? Three. Yeah, three exactly. Um, and Ooh. if you also, you also want to know Trevin Wallace, he's on the list. Um, Think Feldman might be a big fan of our guy John, John Summerall, who recruited Trevin Wallace to Kentucky. So, like, really, I don't know how much actual homework Bruce Feldman does other than just, like, text all of his sources and ask them, who's a freak you know that I can put on this list? They tell him, and he writes the list. Yeah, that's... Uh... <laughs> it's like, and, and, I, and I feel so bad about it because, like, in theory, it's a great idea, and I, I hate to, like, crap on it, 
and just say like this is nonsense that it's just what coaches feed him because like you can't you couldn't do this without having coaches tell you stuff like Trevin Wallace is 242 pounds and runs 22 miles per hour on the GPS and jumps 38 and a half inches like like you you need to have that like you have to ask people to get that sort of information because it's not readily available but like Dion Walker was built for this he was built for this list there's no reason why he shouldn't be on it really kind of goes back to our conversation about Bill Self and media, and it, it really can shape perceptions. And if you believe perception's reality, it just kind of goes to show again what talking to media can do for programs. Get you a lot more hype. Get your players on lists. And people recruit to that stuff. Yeah, they do. Like we've seen the dumbest graphics from football teams, social media teams about like PFFs is yeah, best run grade. And the thing is, like, if somebody's going to take the time to rank it, and it's flattering to you, if if just some ran, if somebody of the sack pack made like a top media members list, and it was just totally meaningless, and they only did, and they only ranked the people that are their friends, top three or top five, but I was number one. I'm I'm tweeting it out. I'm putting it out there. Like, I understand. I understand it too. Mm-hmm. It's just Mark Stoops not doing enough talking. We know where Cal stands on that whole thing, but Mark Stoops seems like he does have buddies in the media, though. I think that's actually yeah. beneficial to the UK football program. Like him being close with Herb Street and having Herb right. Street say nice things about Kentucky any chance he can get. That has not hurt UK's football program, especially with recruiting in Ohio. It's an important yeah. relationship. Herb Street's one of them. Uh, Chris Lowe who's a reporter for ESPN. I, I feel like he talks to him. Um, Stanford Steve's on his good side, but like it, it's, it's one of those things that like he, he has a certain limitation. Like he, I guess he has a, a line drawn in the sand on who he's going to be chatting up and who he's not. He's not going to Shane Beamer it and jump on every podcast. Uh, he's not going to talk to every single reporter out there, but um I mean, just scrolling through this, I just, I can't. Of course he put Shane Beamer's five-star recruit number one. I mean, like, of course he did. Um, I I do appreciate that the Cincinnati nose tackle's name is Dante Corleone. Like, that's a fun name. You know, That is a fun fun name. That is hilarious about South Carolina. Are you going to make a stink about that? Uh, Probably not. I mean, like. Take a break from the South Carolina social media beef yeah and just like do i really want to get in a fight with bruce feldman over this he was nice enough when i met him once and i i I, like i do know that like that's like this this is part of playing the game and i i play it to a degree as well like i'll be guilty of it when talking you know there'll be some recruit that might be iffy take but if i get talked up by some coach about it then i'm probably going to be at least a little bit nicer about it like that's that's how this game works I just hate that it's just so it's, – it's just – like, it's, can we make it less obvious? Can we at least, like, play the game a little bit better? Um, yeah. It, well, speaking of obvious and playing the game better, Rick Bozich. Without Trenton Flowers, Kenny Payne still has plenty of pieces to win at Louisville. Rick Bozich <laughs> goes on to say that inside sources at practice say that Trenton Flowers may not even have been one of the top three players. Well, he couldn't uh, – 
He couldn't dunk. That is the funny spin zone for Louisville fans is they're like, well, at least we never saw him, so we don't know if he's actually good or not. Um, and I love to uh, Keith Pointer on Twitter. He was like, well, what's worse, this or having a guy that could have played but sat the bench? It's like, man, if you're really going to bring up the Shaden Sharp stuff right now, like, I mean, at least Shaden Sharp is known good. And, I mean, they, it both stinks, but, like, you, you had a four-win team. Like, this guy couldn't play for you or didn't want to play for you. This is this is this is a much worse look than at least being having a good team and a guy protecting his draft stock. I don't know what this guy's doing. I, I saw a few U of L fans make the shade and sharp comparison. It did cross my mind too, where it was like, this is just kind of an embarrassing look for the U of L basketball program that a player that they were excited about never even plays a game for them to go to Australia. But then I did think, like, well, is it hitting a little too close to home? Because UK did have a player that elected not to go into games, left them high and dry, but he left to go be a lottery pick. Right. Not to go to Australia and, and make a maybe, couple hundred thousand bucks. Maybe make the draft the following year, maybe not. Right. And secondly, I mean, that's just, those are, that's just a fact. One left to go be a lottery pick in the NBA where he is thriving now versus one leaving to go to Australia where it, it will be the mock it'll, – it'll be draft season. It'll be next spring, next summer, and we'll be like, well, what did he do in Australia? And I bet he will end up not doing a ton of great stuff. Maybe he'll still be on mock draft. Maybe the potential people will like for him as a second rounder. It's not impossible. But he didn't leave to go be a lottery pick in the NBA. He left to go hope to be a lottery pick in the NBA, and he thinks that he will have a better chance to do that at Australia than Kentucky. And then another another big caveat to all this is like UK fans absolutely lost their you know what. Their POOP. They went mm-hmm. crazy. Like and they were mad about the whole situation. Where U of L fans are certainly mad about the situation. Don't get me wrong. They just don't really seem to know where to totally place the blame. Like you talked about CNNS yesterday. He he was putting the blame on the kid. Uh, and the parents, and you know, talking about how God told them to go to U of L, but now God's telling them to go to Australia. You can't really work with people like that. Which you know, it, it very well could be. Like I mentioned, maybe that's better for U of L that this is happening now than in December or January, mm-hmm. where it could derail what may have already been a terrible season. But it also could be Kenny Payne, just like, hey, tell tell these guys that they can be a point guard if they want. Like you've now lost two players better than your actual point guard because they felt like they weren't going to get a fair shake at point guard. Maybe that is on the coaching a little bit. You know, maybe that is playing the game to an certain extent. UK did everything they could with Shaden Sharp, which was, hey, we want you to play. I don't want to play. We can't physically force you into the game. The only decision UK had was, should you just kicked him off the team when he wasn't going to go into the game? But where Cal messed up is he legitimately thought there was going to be maybe this red tape that was going to keep him out of what was it the 2022 draft and make him come back so you didn't really want to force somebody out that maybe was going to get to play with you but that's where UK messed up or didn't mess up depending on how you look at it U of L it's a it's a longer list and at the end of the day the dude left here for Australia not for the NBA wait so Trenton Flowers was the kid in that dunk video that couldn't do yes. it maybe maybe that's why he left he just got so much heat online for that was like, all right, forget you all. You don't believe in me, I'm gone. I also saw that thrown around that like 
he was just laughed out of the gym and just said, you know what, maybe I'll just get out of here. This is this, this rivalry, this social media stuff, it's a little too much. Um, I doubt it. I doubt he left because he missed a dunk. But you know what, Scoots, why the heck not? Go oh, he, ahead and start he did, that rumor. He didn't miss the dunk. He never even got up to attempt the dunk. <laughs> he fell all the way down, down, down under, and ended up in Australia. <laughs> 5024141450 is the Thornton's text line. We're going to get to it now. Our first texter on this Tuesday morning says, "Sorry, I hate the idea of sources say sources say bringing Goodman on for a quote unquote debate." F that says the texter. Whoa, we lose Roush. Whoa. I just I, I told myself I wasn't going to make a big stink, and um, I, I couldn't help myself. I just I, I had to send a tweet. I'm I'm mad. I'm also, Wooly, um, you said three or four freaks uh, every year. Wonder what oh, changed. So you're yeah. you're talking about something we were talking about like five minutes ago. It's it's just going to bother me all freaking day. It really is. I'm I'm not. It's it's not going to be great. Yeah, I think uh, it's not good to like play into Jeff Goodman's silliness. I know sometimes we do that on the show by bringing up things that they say, but like to to platform a debate, the sources says versus Jeff Goodman. All you're doing is encouraging Jeff Goodman just to yeah, say man, more ridiculous things, to poke and prod UK fans because look, he even gets a platform to say his stupid, terrible things. And I have no doubt that like Jack is going to quote unquote annihilate him just because Jeff's arguing a losing argument. I mean, you, you said that UK didn't have point guards. That's dumb. That's just dumb. And he'll spin it as being like, well, none of them are proven. And just because they were able to bring the ball up the court against these global jam teams doesn't mean they're going to be able to withstand SEC pressure. UK is point. I mean, it's just like he, he he's going to come off as a goober because he's making goober points. You can't. Well, you can't spin that. You can't polish that turd, Roush. Yeah, I mean, but I'm not also going to blame Jack either because this is – its he does a college basketball-only show in August, and a lot of people are – like, he's kind of public enemy number one right now. So people are going to tune in and watch. Um, and if Goodman texted us and said, hey, guys, you want me to be a guest on your show, we'd probably say yeah. Um did he? Did Goodman reach out to Jack and say, "Let's do a debate on your YouTube platform"? Uh, no, but like they, he's he's done that bef- previously. So I think that's when, like, because they, uh, they at least have a relationship in that regard, where they they've done some cross pollinating on shows three, or, two or three times. So Jack used the opportunity to be like, "Hey, let's do this." And I, it was supposed to be last week, but they couldn't they couldn't get the schedules to work out or whatever it might be. Uh, when when things were a little bit more prescient, um, right after the Ivasich and all the grades, and ba- basically when it was a hot in the streets topic. Yeah, it's uh, you know who who am I to say everybody's got to do what they want to do? I don't know if Goodman reached. I definitely wouldn't reach out to him to come on this show. If he reached out to us, I would probably say yeah, because like you know why why not? But if and you're right. You're not going to blame people for trying to create content and get stuff out there. It's just like you are, I think, rewarding Jeff a little bit, but it is what it is. I would have gotten John Fanta because like he has said some silly things as well, but I think he's much more with it and not like 
right, right. polished Trolley. in the UK hate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like Goodman ba- has been bathing in UK hate for decades. Yeah, so correct. So it's right. it's just like you can't take that dude seriously. Where John Fanta has said some really outlandish things, but I still value his basketball input, although less and less the more he talks about this UK team. But I still. I still value his input a lot more than Goodman, but yeah. um, I'll, I'll catch the spark notes of the debate. I'm sure, and if there, if it's if everybody's raving about it or Jeff Goodman just gets humiliated, then uh, then I'll be sure to check it out because those guys do good work. On sources say, a texter on the Thornton's text line says, "Nice, nice article. article." Oh, go ahead. Yeah, nice article, Rash. Love to hear the continued positive news on Larry. Mike Glennon is really sticking his neck out for that guy. Hey, oh, this is uh, referring to a Roush article. Talked to Mike Glennon. Just made sure that uh, not a KRC interview, right? Well, uh, the way we got in touch with him is through an on-three guy who like was like, "Hey, I think this would be great for your podcast." And I think so. Yeah, uh, so yeah, that's where we used it. What's Mike Glennon Roush gets guests on KRC all the time. Like, you know, you can't get them all, right? What's Mike Glennon doing nowadays? Uh, he's retired. Last year, he uh, they added him to the Dolphins practice squad when Tua was doing the concussion stuff. Or he might have been in the practice squad, but he got the active roster a little bit when Tua was hurt and Teddy Bridgewater was hurt too. So, yeah. He's been eating the the top of trees at the Cincinnati Zoo. Uh, but it was good, though, because he lives in Raleigh, and so throughout his NFL career, he's just, like, when he needs to go work out, he goes and works out at the NC State facility. So, played with Russell Wilson, uh, or no, he played with Phil Rivers, and then worked out with Russell Wilson. Like, he's he seen all those NC State quarterbacks that went on to start Lots of games in the NFL. Jacoby Brissett, Ryan Finley was a backup for a long time. And the quote he had about, like, I've seen all those guys, and none of them, the ball comes out of his hands quite like Devin Leary. Um, that guy's really got it. So uh, he he's a big fan, a big proponent of Devin Leary. And uh, when he started watching, like, getting in the media biz, like he called a couple ACC games last year for the ACC Network. He's like, you know, I, I knew he was good, but I, I didn't realize he was that good until I started watching the tape. And so I I, I know Mike Glennon, he's the butt of many jokes. He's easy to be the target of many jokes. But uh, he's, he's spent a long time in the NFL. He, he, so I think he knows a thing or two about quarterback. And uh, good to hear that he that Devin Leary has his stamp of approval. I think it's ginormous praise. And for the exact reason alone, the other players you mentioned as people, Glennon's overly familiar with like it has just been it's unreal that going into the season roush devin leary has more substantial hype than will levis ever had at uk but on a national standpoint devin leary's under the radar where everybody nationally was like oh this will levis guy's quarterback at kentucky but, isn't that strange? It's so weird. It's it, so it, weird. It's strictly because of the viral videos. It's nothing more than that. It can't be anything more than that. But Devin Leary has had so many important people say great things about him. And he's stood out at camps and practices and all this different stuff. 
And it just I, seems I, like this, like this kept this well kept secret at UK that we've got this gem of a quarterback under center, and nationally, at least the talking college football heads aren't collectively agreeing with that. But if you kind of break off people that, that are in the know, they all are like, "Oh yeah, he's going to be awesome." It's it's fascinating. It, for me, it's the. It, it all comes back to just the NFL and the NFL draft machine and what it is. And once a couple NFL draft scouts started talking about Will Levis, that thing really took on a life of its own. Whereas right now, you know, that we already had maybe not as much, but it was close to that much national hype going into last season. But the injury thing has kind of put a scarlet letter on him where everybody's just like, I don't know about, about this guy. So there, there's a little bit more trepidation uh, for, for, that, for that reason alone. And that I can't understand that. You know, you, you, it, the injury stuff does – it's a concern for us. It's something we've talked about on the show a lot. Uh, but assuming UK can protect them, it does seem like the Cats are going to have one of the better quarterbacks in all of college football. That's a pretty cool thing to say. We need to take our last break. We're going to come back. We're going to keep going at the Thornton's text line. Tuesday edition of the show with TJ Walker, Nick Roush, and Justin Kalen. Back after this. Welcome to Kentucky Roll Call with Walker and Roush. Jacob, what do you got? Oh, I was just going to say, I have hemorrhoids. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. So put on your saris. It's time to celebrate Diwali. Everybody looks so jolly, but it's not Christmas, it's Diwali. Just the goddess of destruction. We say it every we say it every time, Roush, with this rejoin. It's too long. It's not a, it's not even so much that it's too long, it's the although song. it is too long. It's the song is what he's gonna bring up. No, it's just why don't you have the Michael Scott clip where he says that exact thing instead of a random office clip that has nothing to do with that clip. Mm-hmm. That and I and I tell you all every time that that, that was Jacob made that was intern crap. Jacob's first rejoin that he made. And that's the song he wanted. So that's the song he chose. It could, I agree. It could have been better. That's the only no. I mean, it's a like it. it it's great. We love hearing intern Jacob confess his medical history with us. <laughs> But then it's just followed up with with something that doesn't even make any sense at all. But I'm not. Nobody was blaming you, Scoots. I'm glad that you oh, pulled it out. Yeah, no, I'm not. I wasn't thinking you were blaming me. I mean, I have nothing to be blamed for. Well, you hit the play button on it today. <laughs> that's true. That's that's all you can blame me for. <laughs> I wouldn't blame you for anything, Scoots. Even if it was your fault, uh, you can listen to to Scoots on Spears today, noon to one. Are you going to be doing the Hoosier Report? I will be doing the Hoosier Report. Yep. Okay, nice. that's eleven to noon as well. 
Uh, and then we hope that Mike's back today. I haven't heard though. One I haven't either. Yeah, I was I was pretty disappointed yesterday turning on the radio, and it wasn't even because of the Trenton Flowers news. As I told you all, I had no idea that even happened. But when I turned on my radio, I was like, "What? What? what why are we on national? Where's Where's Mike?" And and now yeah. knowing the Trenton Flowers stuff, man, that would have been electric yesterday. Well, hopefully Mike's feeling better. Keep moving in the right direction, and and hopefully I'm sure he'll be back on. On radio as soon as he can be, and excited to, to hear his takes on the Trenton Flower situation, uh, because most of the takes I heard sounded like UL fans pretty defeated for a season that uh, won't start for three more months, around three months. Yeah. It's tough. That yeah, is tough. tough. I'm, I'm guessing you're going to get the same take from Mike on account of he retweeted his uh, whatever I'm already dead inside tweet yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. He tweets that plenty because uh, there's been a lot of to feel dead inside when it comes to UL athletics as of late. You can <sighs> feel alive when you're eating salsa Ritas, though, Roush. That's that's a certain. Especially on Taco Tuesday. Simply the best. And if you've downloaded the salsa Ritas app, they're going to reward you even more on Taco Tuesday. So that's why you should check them out today. Double the points on all taco orders on Taco Tuesday. Two times your points. They're basically giving you tacos at this point. So check them out at either one of their two locations. They've got one on Hubbard's Lane, St. Matthew's, one in Middletown off Shelbyville Road. Get you some tacos. Get you some highly addictive addictive chips, queso, guacamole, salsas. They've got the best. Salserita is so good. Salsa so good it's in their name. In Louisville, Middletown, and St. Matthews, a texter on the Thornton's text line says, Hey, fellas, Brad from Bellbrook here. DeMarcus Cousins is on record saying that Kenny Payne came up with the nickname Boogie and started or and stated that Kenny said he had such good footwork that he started to call him Boogie because it looked like he was dancing in the paint. Oh, okay. Well, there you hmm. have it. I like that. That's fun. That's a much more fun nickname than just like we came up with it and put it on a graphic. It could have also been like, you know, some people call me Boogie, and that could be in the consideration for the nickname. But, I, hey, I'm, I'm all for it. it Maybe the best thing Kenny Payne's ever done with a basketball player. Speaking of Boogie, Boogie Cousins, did you hear what Stephen A. Smith said? No. Said that DeMarcus Cousins right now would be a top five big man in the NBA. Has he seen DeMarcus play defense? Offensively, I, I I wouldn't agree with top five, but I bet he would be top ten. Close, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, but I mean, defensively off the charts, though. See, and that that's that's the pro- problem with him. And like when Enos Kanter does his like, I'm blackballed because I'm a political, I'm persecuted politically. Blah 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 blah. Like no, like it, it's defense. Like you can't. Which it, it, Boogie, like he was at least ahead of his time in that regard, as far as his ability to be a big man that could post play inside and out. But he just, I mean, he was always a bigger guy, and now the the bigs that are stretching the floor, playing five out, like it's just it's too hard for him to be able to defend those guys, especially after the injuries. Yeah, maybe we'll see a team give him a shot. But it was a nice thing of Stephen A. Smith to say all the same. A texter says on the Thornton's text line, TJ, at the end of the day, all you need is love. If the Packers can get over the over, get one over on the Lions, I don't see why they can't take the North. What do you say? Thanks, South Georgia Wildcat. Thanks for texting in, South Georgia Wildcat. Always great to hear from you on the Thornton's text line. Uh, 
the NFC North, I think, I'm biased, obviously. I think it's debatably the most fascinating division in the NFL. It's definitely not, I think, the most talented, but I do think it's potentially the most even. Also, am weirdly intrigued by the NFC South just because it's even somewhat, but it's more bad. I think the NFC North is a little bit better, although I'm sure some people may may disagree with that. But I, I don't know. I, you know, I could see really almost any order of finish wouldn't shock me in the North. If the Vikings came in last, it'd probably be because like either Jefferson or Cousins or both got hurt. That would surprise me a little bit. But really, like any other order of finish for any team in the NFC North wouldn't shock me. And it may be one of those divisions, and this happens in football really at every level, where it is just going to be who, who's the deepest team, who gets hit hurt, who gets hit the worst with the injuries, and who gets somewhat lucky in that regard. That may be what decides it. But I'm pumped for for the NFL. I'm pumped for the Packers. I don't know if I've ever wanted a good Green Bay season more. I doubt that I get it. But if it is, if it is a good season and they do win the North, um, I'll probably be kind of annoying. So does it feel like kind of house money ish? Yes, with one with one caveat that like how if this if Jordan Love looks solid and the season's solid but not great, then like there's a future worth getting excited about. If he's horrible, then that's going to be really alarming. Yeah, like which case like it's not house money. It's like you you find out your house has mold everywhere, and it's like ooh, now I need a new Mm. house. That that's a okay. That's a good way to put it because. Yeah, it's one of those where like I don't there's there's so low expectations because it's year one where you feel like if you're even in the playoff hunt like it's kind of gravy, um, and if he also plays well but they're not good, you could still have a chance of getting a decent draft pick too. So like as long as he's just not garbage, then I th- like a lot of it is going to be dependent on him personally oh, just no. being. Yeah, if he's gar- if he's garbage, that's gonna stink because it's gonna be like, well, he stinks, but it was his first year as a starter, but he's also far from a rookie. Like, you know, he's been in the league right, for a right. while, and then Green Bay's gonna have to probably say like, yeah, we're gonna give him, and probably rightfully so, like, yeah, we're gonna roll with him another year, but then, ah, that wouldn't be fun. Let's hope that's not the case. Really hope that's not the case. A texture on the Thornton. And we're still going to have an NFL show. We'll still have some fantasy football. But as you all know, this show is mostly controlled by the texters and the Thornton's text line. So if you've got NFL or fantasy football questions, go ahead and, and, and send, them, send them on over. We'll address them. But we do need to probably have like a designated fantasy football show. People probably won't love Not everybody will love it. But we also did a recap of a game that happened 16 years ago and we got pretty good yep. reaction from that so yeah, we just you know we, we do summer radio you can take a day to do something a little different a texter says john here good morning everyone as always you all are great people thanks john you're a great person tell me is that a hot take tell me is this a hot take oh i thought you're saying us being great people was a hot take <laughs> i believe big z will be a first round draft pick i also believe he may just be the best overall player of our bigs on the kentucky roster to me based on highlight reels he does more than just play inside i know that the competition he played against may be weak but i still believe big z could be the next chet holmgren of college basketball we'll got to go talk to you later it's john. a hot take for sure john but john. I, I like where you're i like where you're going chet holmgren come on man Maybe in maybe in due time. It won't be one year. 
I will say the thing where where we're going to, just as John did and we've done on this radio show, where we're going to say, yeah, level of competition. On the flip side, he's more familiar playing against grown men than most freshmen coming into college basketball. He's played in more hostile environments than most freshmen coming in. To, I mean, they, sh- they they shoot off flares at their games and do crazy have smoke stuff, and it's it's nuts. It's really a soccer, a European soccer atmosphere for basketball. He's going to be a little bit more advanced in some areas, but he's probably going to be a little bit more raw in some other areas. John, I don't think that's a hot take. I don't think it's. I, I think you know what, John. I'll agree with you. He will be a first round pick. It'll be more of a potential pick, like. I don't think his numbers are going to scream at the end of this year, first-round pick, but I think people are going to say, wow, UK found this dude from the middle of Europe, brought him in, he looked pretty fun. We see the track record of other Europeans that can shoot and score in the NBA. We want this dude. I, yeah, you know, maybe two years before he's making a big impact, but we. I, bet, I agree with you, John. He's going to be a first-round pick. Wild take. Um at this juncture with how little we've actually seen of this dude, but I'll jump on board with you there, John. Let's remember that one. That's a good text. Um, we got some more good text, but I did want to mention uh, when we had NFL news, a lot of NFL stuff happened yesterday. J.K. Dobbins going to be playing for the Ravens. He's healthy. That's a long time coming. Uh, Zach Martin, one of the best offensive linemen in the league. He signed a two-year deal with the Cowboys. But the big news is running back news. Zeke Elliott. Going from the Cowboys to the Patriots. And Dalvin Cook will team up with Aaron Rodgers and the New York football Jets. TJ, the Jets do feel like a, uh, oh my gosh, they're so good. What could go wrong? And things are just all going to go horribly wrong. I mean. That's your prediction there? Oh, I love it. Because uh, it could be. the You know, the AFC, the AFC East is super it's, exciting, it's too. It's really good, man. Because, like, oh. the, the Bills ain't going nowhere. The Dolphins have the best defense probably in the NFL. The Jets, that will strictly come down to whether or not Rodgers still got it or not. I think he's got one more in the holster. And then, like, are the Patriots really going to be the basement boys of of the AFC East? That's an unfamiliar spot with them for the for the most part. So, yeah, that's going to be another really fun division as well. NFL, exciting product. I'm not sure if anybody's heard of this league or not, but <laughs> – Got a good thing going here. Oh, another text from the Thorns text line says, I'm confused. Why did Maggie call that kid out? Seems like he gave credit to the Nick guy that shot the video. I mean, news sites pull info and videos. I think the, um, like, because here's the process of probably what happened is that he saw the segment they ran and then went to find if it was somewhere on Twitter that didn't have the watermark. And that's probably what annoyed her more. And news sites, they'll at least put their, like, little – CG credit on there, but it's mostly too because Ferris is just um, a lot of people are trying to get him right now, like because they're, they're just annoyed by it. So like that's just the latest one. That that's the the long and short of the story. I think in this instance, you know, he can at least plead being naive to like I saw this video. I didn't know where else the video was, but Roush is right that it's a lo- It's longer than just one one thing. Even if he wasn't necessarily in the wrong here, other people are more bothered by other stuff and i'm not saying those people are right to be bothered by the other stuff or not um but he he is he's making a name for himself Uh, maybe for all the wrong reasons but he's making a name for himself a texture on the thornton's text line says uh i lost where we were 
Uh, it's like searching for Bobby Fisher when the crowd is watching the kid prodigy play chess in the park and one old dude whispers to another one, young Fisher. Young Jones, she whispered after reading that Twitter exchange. Another texter on the Thornton text line says, this is obviously terrible news for us. I'll never root against us. But if there's any silver lining, it's that this may expedite the KP experiment. Yeah, uh, that's, that's, that's for the Rutherford show, probably. Uh, that's really true, though. Yeah, I did have one. I did have one U of L friend that that shared a similar sen- sentiment that, like, worst case, you know, he was going to be a bubble team, and you'd give him a third year because of the improvements from year one, but. If this just locks in another terrible season, we could be we could be in a good spot. TJ, you playing with pool balls over there or what? The Lucy is right above me, uh, and I, I don't know if she's like found out where I am underneath her. But <laughs> oh yeah, she is uh, letting herself be heard on today's radio show for sure. Sorry about that. <sighs> uh, another texture says this list is telling. It's not hard to be favored in every game when you play the easiest schedule in the country. Also, the schedule of four Big Ten teams in the top ten of easiest schedules, and that's uh, PFF. Uh, they have this base off twenty two records and twenty twenty two records, and Louisville's got the easiest schedule. Um, and for what it's worth, only one person's little metrics had U of L being favored in every game. Only one did that. They are not going to be favored in every game, uh, and that's not even a knock against them. It's just not going to happen. I, I also. Uh, if you've bet on Jeff like I have over the years, not good to bet as a favorite. Uh, somebody pointed it out. He's like like 40% as a favorite or something like that. He's not very good. Ooh. That's something nice. to keep in mind. So, yeah. Another texture on the Thornton text line is Goodman debating that the Hotez dude? Hotez dude? I don't know. I don't know what that is. Hot. Huts, dude? Yeah, I don't know. I that uh, they was it RFK Jr. tried to debate or something. He was the the expert on public health. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I haven't haven't kept up. Haven't kept up. Um, Jack and Goodman are cross pollinators. I love it. Not for me, but to each their own. Big diverse world out there. Oh. You know, I use some different vocabulary sometimes, Scoots. It's all right. We control the show. You do. You technically do. What you want us to talk about, we'll get to. Yeah, and we got to a lot today. We got hard knocks tonight. We got hard knocks tonight. Woohoo! Although, that means I won't be able to watch it till tomorrow. Because doesn't it come out pretty late, like 9 or 10? Yeah, 10 o'clock. Yeah, I won't be watching that tonight. Yeah, me, sadly, probably me not. Uh, me as well, but you never know. I do want to – I really am excited for it, though, because I – so I watched the first episode, have never seen Hard Knocks, and now I'm just addicted. So I, I need tomorrow to get here real <laughs> you quick. You've never seen Hard Knocks? No, never. Not once. Wow. I, I was a Hard Knocks virgin before this before this season. So, yeah. Wait. How do we <laughs> – how do we just not get to this? Yeah, I've ne- I've That's never it. seen any episode, and I I don't know why I'd never. I guess because the teams they've covered, I just didn't really care about in the past. But now, I mean, it's Aaron Rodgers and the Jets. I, I you've got my attention. 
So, yeah, I'm excited. It's a good show. It's a good show. It kind of was getting old, and it, I think the Lions really kind of brought it back, and I think that was mainly because it just had good people, good storylines, an interesting head coach, and then obviously having Rodgers is going to intrigue more people. Although some people thought it was too much Rodgers in episode one, so I wonder how much they're going to try to dial back not, and get yeah, other people. You can't not yeah. talk about Aaron Rodgers when you're doing an inside look of a football team, but you also don't want it to be Rodgers fatigue. Yeah, and I, I, part of it too is the naturally the show's going to go down to you know they get to who's going to get cut, who's not, so they're going to have to start galvanizing some relationships with the guys down the roster. That's just how the show works. But. That's and they they do have like a formula for their show. All right, we're out of time. I've got to go stop this bouncing uh, before I get even worse. <laughs> There's about to be a hole in the in your floor. <laughs> Everybody have a great Tuesday. We'll be back at it again tomorrow. This is Kentucky Roll Call. I'm Nick Joe Walker, Nick Rouse, Justin Kalen. We'll see you. Bye. Hey.